Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey, hot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm your host this week, sitting in the center chair, Daniel Pru, and joining me way on my left, uh, a little bit raised in a, in a spot that wasn't really there before, uh, is Philip Gilfus. Philip, that uniform looks a little baggy on you. What's going on, bud? Oh, well, this is like, this is only like 10 years old. I mean, it's what everyone was wearing in the academy. I mean, um... I just thought I'd bring it back. It's it's like, you know, wear your school pride colors day here on the Enterprise D. And so this is from the good old class of uh, uh, 32. Um, so I <laughs> thought I'd just bring it back. A little monster maroon rocking. You know, it's it's what Picard wore. Is this a, a uh, is this a, how would you say, fully follicled Picard or not? not actually, we can't get into that yet. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> But you'll you'll soon find out why. And then, of course, looking to my way, way to the right, it's really hard to see because it's so dark in here. But it, <laughs> Darren, is that you? Yep, I'm I'm here. It's uh, you know, I, I borrowed one of these new headsets, and it's got lights on it, so it's great because I can see my console now, and I have, you know, stuff for my vlog. <laughs> stuff. So you're vlogging from the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> yep, I am vlogging every moment. It's it's you know because this is I I have a feeling today is going to be an exciting guys. Day. I, huh? I, I'm not near the science sensors. Are we near any kind of astral body of some sort right now? <laughs> Perhaps there might be some sort of a star nearby. Is is what you're saying, Philip? Uh, okay, if you can't tell, which we've actually done this subject a few times already, so maybe you should be able to. I don't know. We're actually going to be talking generations, but with a little bit of a twist this time. We have a special guest star who actually doesn't really need any introduction here on the network, and certainly not here on Earl Grey. We have the first-time Trekker herself, Andy. Andy, welcome to the crossover between TOS and TNG. Hi. So I thought that this was a perfect opportunity, because of course we've had Andy on before, right? You have? And she I can't remember. She, yeah, several times. Twice, I think. Right. Uh, you know, she doesn't get permanently installed until next Tuesday. <laughs> but well, that's you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, it's a yeah, reference so you, I get. Woo! <laughs> you know, we were going to have all of the women at war, but then we figured that all their lines kind of sounded like they would all be coming from Andy. So we just decided <laughs> just to have Andy. I think this is uh, her fifth time on Earl Grey. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. No bloody one, two, three, or four, as we learned last (laughs) week uh, on Earl Grey, but actually, I don't, that might not even be true, honestly. This is visit E. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Andy, uh, so we're bringing you on to talk Generations. You just saw it a few days ago, and I'm sure it's obviously super memorable to you. (laughs) Uh, so let's start with uh, general impressions of the movie. What did you think? Well, first off, I have to tell you that uh, your very own Philip was so horrid to me because I had not watched this movie yet. I mean, in my Christmas card, he shamed me for not having seen Generations. And uh, so I finally was like, you know what? I need to make Philip proud. I need to sit down and watch some TNG movies. So I watched it. And yeah, it happened. Indeed, it did happen. Now you can get the Christmas reference from his Christmas card (laughs) from that Christmas scene. I was just going to say, it is the the most seasonally appropriate thing to watch based on Star Trek, right? I don't think we... We get a mention of of a Christmas... Of a naughty Christmas party from TOS, but besides that, there's a uh, when Q is running from Q two. Yeah, Darren, Darren, the- what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you open the box, Daniel. I didn't. No, you can't blame any uh, any additional no, spoilers. All are of my fault. There, I'll just say there is another mention of a Christmas okay, tree. Okay, but this is the probably future. the most significant Christmas reference that we get. 
We see a Christmas tree. Right. There are Christmas children randomly. And Christmas, Christmas merry-go-rounds. Yes, because when I think of the card, I think both Christian, devout Christian, and like huge fan of children. Those are the two yes. qualities that I just think Picard, you know, not like well, he's good. been straightforwardly non-Christian in the past, not like he's several times discussed how much he doesn't like children. None of that. None of that. <laughs> I, now I'm kind of retconning that scene and encounter at Farpoint uh, where Picard is talking to Riker and he says, Christmas trees, Riker. <laughs> I make I make myself an ass, ass around Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> wait, spoilers for Counter Farpoint. Can we oh, talk about Darren? That? Stop it, so wait, Darren. Does that mean Rikers in charge of decorating the tree every year? Oh, I like that. I I like that idea. I feel like it would turn into a dirty Christmas tree. <laughs> then he plays uh, songs on his trombone. His bone. He's basically the teacher in a Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay. <laughs> okay, but okay. Uh, let's get a little bit back on track here, Andy. No, now I want the TNG Christmas special. <laughs> well, it's only April, so you're gonna have to wait a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> only if can... Card and Data sing a duet of "Baby, It's Cold Outside." I think there's oh, nothing gosh. like Picard. Well, that would have really weird connotations, I feel like. It already does, know. so you might as well embrace them. Well, yeah. I that's think that's true. what Generations was missing, a, a Kirk and Picard duet. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to get these legendary captains on screen together only for 10 minutes, you should do. You should go crazy. They did put them on horses. I mean, that's pretty crazy. But, but Andy, were the horses real? Okay. <laughs> 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 I heard they weren't real, but that was controversial. So I don't know. Uh, really Philip, sure. you can't reference my Twitter as if everybody, you know, devotedly <laughs> follows my Twitter. That does not. That is not the case. <laughs> okay, let me then rein this in. Ah, ah, the yeah, you should start quiet. doing your job, Daniel. <laughs> start running the podcast. <laughs> Andy, yes. What what were your expectations going in? Like, I know that you kind of get, and you famously said before, you plug your ears, right? Like when you hear things that you don't really know what's going on. But you're what uh, into season three now of Deep Space Nine? I believe I just finished season two. I just I just finished the Gem Hadar. Okay, so you're you're you know you're pretty far into Deep Space Nine at this point. Uh, it's been a little while since you've spent time with the the TNG crew. Are you, were you, what were your expectations going in? Had you hadn't like formed an idea of like, oh, I kind of get the idea. Like, did you even know Kirk was going to be in the movie? I did not. Um, In fact, one of the very first screenshots that I tweeted was starring William Shatner with like exclamation points. Like, what's happening? Um, Okay, for the spoiler thing, people uh, underestimate my ability to ignore what I don't understand. So when people are talking and, like, stuff comes up, and if I'm not comprehending it, I let it just skate over my brain. The only time I actually get spoiled is when somebody says directly to me (laughs) something that is happening in the future, and then, you know, then I notice. But, so for the TNG movies, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I knew. Um, I knew that they were generally not considered to be as good as the TOS movies. Uh, mostly because Sue rants about them a lot. Um, and I knew that Tom Hardy is in one of them. Oh, and you want to talk infamous spoilers. When I was just starting TNG, I mean, we're talking second season TNG, someone tweeted to me that Data dies in Nemesis. So that still remains the most epic spoiler I've ever gotten, because I was like, What? And, uh, you know, she didn't even have the decency to apologize, so she got blocked. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much the, the ultimate spoiler. Yeah, I, I mean, was TNG like, spoiler, I, guess, I was right? saying something about how I wanted Data to be a captain in the future, and, like, he could have his own ship forever, and she was like, no, he can't, because he's dead. And I was like, what? <laughs> what like, are you, you are to me. She's like, obviously you knew that. I'm like... My Twitter handle is First Time Trek, and it says, I have never seen Star Trek, like, right there. And she's like, oh, whatever. I was like, blocked. 
So that's the worst spoiler I ever got. But for the most part, other than that big one, no, I had no idea what was going to be coming in the movies, which is, you know, how I like it. So what you're saying is, like us here at Earl Grey, you are a fan of Data in Red. Data in Red. <laughs> um, okay, well, so that's that's crazy, because even Star Trek fans, I mean, that was one of the biggest selling points of the movie, was the fact that Kirk was going to be here, right? Uh, yeah, but so the you, fandom you, actively seeks out new information about a new movie. Or at least no, generally sure, no, no, they yeah, do. Totally. I actively try and keep myself from knowing things about stuff I haven't seen. So she has a temporal kind of like like the first like what would it be like a prime um, rule? What would be another word like a a command direct directive directive? Uh, yeah, that's uh, a good one. Like a temporal sort of prime directive. <laughs> okay. So okay, so you didn't even know Kirk was going to be in this movie. So you were, but you also said that. Happen to mention that you know TNG movies can be hit or miss, which is the truth. Um, well, like I'm wondering, one of the, and I just like I think of common uh, things that have been said, Andy. Like um, sometimes on, you know people are hosts on the network because uh, I don't know it's maybe been a second since you've you know standard orbited and talked about all the movies and everything. But thinking about Star Trek Six, so in generations, sort of the you know prologue, whatever is basically like previously on the original series you know and so did you think like that was uh, bad to have more star trek 7 you know or some people just say like oh you know they closed their story why do we need to see them again or was it like cool there's scotty and Chekhov doing stuff there's a nostalgia factor i i had thought that i had seen the last of kirk and so that was it was kind of a moment of like yeah um, I think it depends on whether or not it's done well. Um, I feel the same way about Spock in the new movies, Leonard Nimoy, specifically in the new movies. In the first movie, I think it worked really, really well. And then in the, the second movie, I think it worked very poorly. So if you're bringing them back just for the fans to go, yay, Leonard Nimoy, or yay, William Shatner, then not so much. But if they're there for a storytelling purpose, then I think it could be quite nice. I don't know if they utilize Kirk as well as I wish they had in this movie. Well, one question I had, Andy, is, you know, this generation, so this is at the end after seven years of TNG and all the stories and all the development of the characters, but yet it it also almost seems like it's trying to do this passing of the torch between TOS and TNG. Did you feel that that torch needed to be passed or had we already gotten past that seven years ago? I don't think it needed to be. It especially didn't need to be for me because the TNG crew was my first crew. So for me, like I did not need a passing of the torch, although I can certainly see how fans of the classic series could have enjoyed that or thought that that was necessary. Well, and we also already had a passing of the torch right in far point with uh, McCoy, Dr. McCoy. But it's interesting. So what do you think? I mean, you just mentioned that you don't think it's super effective, which I think is a fair criticism. But this is kind of a fan service idea of Kirk and Picard teaming up. I mean, did you enjoy parts of it at least? Or, I mean, how was that wood that chopping, Andy? Like on the scale? <laughs> Man, I loved the what did you chopping. think of Antonia? Really? <laughs> Not is, until, uh, you know, was it burning uh, those Steve eggs. Rogers wood chops? Have we had such a good wood chopping scene? It's true. Well, he more ripped it apart with his bare hands, but I mean... But that's only because uh, he was inspired by uh, Tony Stark. But that doesn't matter. We're not, gonna, we're not going Don't there. Don't start Civil uh. War early, Darren. <laughs> Daniel and I fight Civil War every day. We don't need your... One help. month. One month to I mean, go. <laughs> I mean, you'd think in the Nexus, like, Kirk could just rip those apart. And it's, I mean, it's in his mind. He could do whatever he wants. But it does make me he laugh binds himself. at how, like, very ruggedly traditionally masculine all of kirk's like fantasies are he's like and there's the mountains and there's the horses i mean it was like he was trying to recreate the marble uh, marlboro i don't even know if that's a word i can say the, the marlboro, marlboro man, man commercial in in the nexus <laughs> i think that should be our title marlboro. have a dog named butler <laughs> that's yeah. a hard word give me a break don't, it is. Don't smoke, kids. Marlboro. <laughs> huh. 
So it's got an you... L in it, which throws you. I know. Also, yeah, Andy, I think one of my favorite lines, and I don't know if you you know you appreciate as much as I do or not, is um, uh, when Picard walks then through like sort of the you know amazing gateway of whatever, and he's like, "This is not your bedroom," and Kirk's like, "No, it's better." I'm like, "What's better than Kirk's bedroom?" <laughs> no, the thing that I liked is that Kirk is like, "I'm gonna go propose to my lady," and Picard's like, "Yep, yep, cool, cool." I'm going to come with you. He gives him, and I know this may not be familiar to you, Andy, he gives him a gentleman's five. Uh, it's, it's a five minute. Uh, no, I loved it, though, because Kirk makes it extremely clear where he's going and why, and Picard just stands awkwardly around and then follows him. It's so great. I laughed a lot. There was Mucho laughing. Not not since Data sleeping, standing up, has there been a more awkward standing around moment. Oh, I don't know, because I just watched 11001001, and the card sitting there with minuet Third and Michael wheeling. Mother staring into each oh, other's yeah. eyes, and he's just like... He's like, remarkable, this program's amazing. It's like, exactly. no, please, here, go away. Please, continue, number one, this is fascinating. What else can it do, number one? Say something else, and maybe she'll react. I need to see this. That's pretty creepy lurking. Uh, that's funny. I That's funny. I would have never connected those two uh, <laughs> events, but that's a good way of looking at it. Um, yeah, to me, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go too far into it, but t- to me, you're writing this, and I'm not a writer, so take it for what it's worth. You're writing this meetup between, at this point, the two legendary captains of, of the sh- series, and and this is what we named the last episode that we talked about. It's the movie that should write itself. Why didn't they? I mean, come on. It's not like these are, this seems to just kind of, what happened? Why, why is this so disappointing? Is it Kirk's portrayal? The cards portrayal, the interaction between the two isn't what you would hope or expect. Do you know, can you put a pin on it and say, well, you know, Kirk wasn't himself. Well, I don't know if that's true. What do you think? Well, like one thing that I, I mean, and I don't, like hate generations is just not and you know it's just generally not my necessarily favorite but um one thing that i always kind of like you know for the first generations movie uh or next generation movie it's like picard is and i know it's supposed to be dramatic but you sort of have picard like crying half the movie and i'm like this is not how i wanted to see picard in the th- this is the beginning of movie yeah, picard. I'm like, can we say that for the second you know like i don't i mean you know not literally the second one but you know it, that's why i kind of perturb me like picard wasn't on his game and that's kind of like we didn't really see picard and so it's kind of like yeah i mean i get what they were trying to do kind of have meaning and death and the meaning of death and growing old and blah 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 i'm just like i wanted to see picard being picard it, it almost the whole movie it it's just right in that halfway point between being like a big episode and being a movie. Like they're still trying to bridge that. Whereas by the time they hit first contact, like that's a movie, like that's taking full advantage of the scope of a movie. At least it it seems to me, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't hate generations either. It's, it's got a lot of great scenes in it. I mean, the, like the holographic, uh hms enterprise ship you know that's a great sequence like a lot of great sequences um you know when data and uh professor x are in cerebro that's really cool um but what about mr tricorder mr try no. can forget mr tricorder come on and the monkey in the gorilla suit i mean <laughs> it's just a classic so I don't know, you know, Andy, I know you just, just watched it a few minutes ago. I don't know how much of the background of the movie that you know. Um, I'm sure people tweeted this at you. But uh, the opening sequence was supposed to feature Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Um, not Kirk, Scotty, and Chekhov. Did you forget who was in the movie? I did, already? I forgot. I mean, I'm, I'm just, just saying Darren's it. met one of them personally. <laughs> Um, so like, you know, uh, Chekhov's role where he becomes kind of a nurse, they, they didn't even really to bother rewrite these things. It's just that we'll just give them to the other characters. Um, would that have made a difference to you at all? If you got to see them, the, the, the triumvirate, the, the trio back together? I guess I would have to see it. I mean, that's, that's not a hypothetical I can answer. I mean, Kirk, Spock and McCoy turned some really 
iffy writing into amazing moments time and time again just by virtue of their chemistry so it's entirely possible that they would have done that i mean they made me want to watch an entire movie where they did nothing but camp and sing songs and eat whiskey (laughs) beans so i mean it's possible it's always possible row row your boat (laughs) gently down oh i love that scene so much if that movie had just stayed that scene like for two hours i would have been so happy (laughs) Star Trek Yosemite. Exactly. <laughs> when the new Beyond trailer came out, I was like, okay, okay, cool, cool. But maybe this is the time to finally make the Kirk, Spock, and McCoy go camping movie that we've always wanted. <laughs> well, it's, and that's an interesting point you bring up, Daniel. If it had been those three, I mean, I, I, I keep thinking of the last shot of that, uh, that I guess, TOS portion where... You know, they're looking out into the My section God, that's been destroyed. My God, there's anyone in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting that, we're getting that reaction God, from Chekhov. <laughs> but what kind of reaction would they have done if it instead had been Spock? Now, you know, it's on the other foot from Star Trek Three. Yeah, I... Um, or Star Trek Two. I definitely felt the lack of Spock because to me, like, Kirk died and Spock wasn't there. And that just felt insanely wrong to me. Kirk dies twice in this I movie. I know. And, and it was... Neither it, time. Well, it just didn't feel right. See, but then that... He always knew... He would die alone. He was gonna die alone. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he, he, the first time I saw it, I was like, way to harsh your camping buzz, man. You guys are having such a nice time. And then it's like, gonna die alone. Andy, I'm sorry. That's what, that's what men do when we're alone. We, we eat beans with alcohol and talk about death. That's what we do. <laughs> that's who we are. <sighs> but it did... It did when I was. <laughs> Hang on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I need to interrupt you. But uh, all of all of our listeners can can prepare for uh, the new Trek FM show, Minute Warp, <laughs> where we eat beans and talk about. Death. <laughs> Is that not what you do Kate, on this show? <laughs> no. See, I need to bring a tent to Star Trek Las Vegas now, and we need to do a photo of Daniel, <laughs> Philip, and I out camping in the woods. Oh, man, Which one of us will get a marshmallow? Daniel, you got to bring the harp, okay? That's yes, that's okay, your job. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, sorry, Andy, go ahead. I was just, I mean, it's not a new point. It's just, it feels weird to have Kirk without Spock. It feels incomplete. It reminds me of when I was watching the motion picture, and I was enjoying it and everything, and then just when I got to, like, my limit of Kirk without Spock, Spock was like, hey, I'm here, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> like, Oh, now everything's okay because there's only a certain amount of time I can take. With, like they belong together, man. They are. A, a I mean, he pair. would have been there sooner, but he had to have that eight-minute docking sequence <laughs> from the you know warp slip. Hal wouldn't open up the pod doors. It was complicated. Um, but like one 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 thing about generations, Andy, that that I get, and again, I know I feel like I'm just picking on it, but like it seemed to me like a checklist movie. Like, okay, guys, we got to do these things. I don't know how we get there, but just so like Kirk has to die, uh, the Enterprise D has to get destroyed, um, and just like check, 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 check. And I'm like, but does it? And so like, did you feel like you know you needed to see the end of the Kirk story with him dying? No, no, I definitely didn't. I, I mean, I didn't think I was going to see more of Kirk, and I I just always pictured him out there somewhere keep it on, keep it on with his adventures. Like, I didn't need to think of an end to the Kirk story. I was perfectly fine with thinking about him somewhere in the universe doing cool stuff. Well, and that's like, that's the perfect ending that's in Star Trek Six. I mean, second star to the right, they go, I mean, you can't top that. And it totally sets up the, they're just off there doing what they're doing. And then we... You know, harsh on that buzz with generation. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Scotty, Again, Scotty had a boat. Death harshing everybody's buzz. Dang it, Kirk! It's so, it's so weird to me that this is a sticking point for people because, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I I love the the ending of of Star Trek Six, but I I think I don't know for continuity purposes, for canon purposes, for in universe reasons, he doesn't. Ju- I mean, like you you know. We in the TNG universe exist 80 years after this fact. What happens to Kirk is or should be known. I mean, even if he is out there, like, whatevering, like, 
at some point something happened and that was the end of it. Like, we cold. would know about it, you know? And so like, it's so it, like, it's not like Kirk took the enterprise and they just disappeared into like magical. <laughs> Someday in a and cold never, night, like, you could see the enterprise in the sky yeah. <laughs> and you hear a so faint like word. He, he's phrase going he's real sometimes character. somewhere past the Mars defense perimeter. <laughs> there lies the enterprise. He's, you know, he, he's a real Jupiter. person in this universe. We well, have two options, right? Either, he just retires and dies of old age, or he he goes out a hero. Or and I'm not he's saying still this alive, is the best way to like Doctor McCoy. Or he's still alive. Or yeah, that's fine too. And I guess it's younger than McCoy. And Scotty. So he Here's can. the thing. I guess it really it's only, not really. so. I understand the the desire to know what, what the end of the story is for that character. I just feel like no matter what you do, you're gonna fail at it. Because they've set the bar so high for that character and he's become so legendary that, like, anything they could have done, how could they have made that perfect? I don't know if it's possible. But, you know, dropping him under a bridge wasn't great. Well, when Picard grabbed the lightsaber from him (laughs) and turned it towards him... I think that you know really cinched the uh, the ending of Kirk as it, it should have been on the bridge. Well, I think with Kirk, it's basically who lives, who dies, and who, who tells, tells your story. Your story really? Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's really. Uh. But anyways, yeah, it is interesting, right? It's it's just to me, it's he does kind of live on, right? To to his contemporaries, he lives on. Like they don't know what happens to him; he just disappears in the Nexus. I I, I don't. I'm not trying to defend it because I don't think it was the best way to go about it, but I see what they were going for. And, and, and actually I think like Andy says they're you know, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, how do you come to an end of such a legendary character? And yeah, I think that they were kind of, and, and just to do it in the service of now we're moving on to TNG movies does kind of a disservice to the Kirk character. But and by the way, Unless I'm wrong, and don't tell me if I am, because that would be a spoiler. But unless I'm wrong, that's where Spock is. Somewhere out there. Well, you're not wrong. I mean, you you just mentioned uh, 2009, so we know what happens to that character. Right, but we don't know what he's doing now. I mean, if they oh. never bring Spock back, that's exactly what we'll know, is that he's somewhere out there rebuilding the Vulcan people. Uh, oh, I, I think see what you're that, saying. Think, you're saying in the and beyond. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Saying, I just saw. I'm saying that okay, they yeah. don't give Spock an ending unless you know suddenly there's going to be some movie I haven't seen that suddenly you know crushes him under a bridge. Spock goes on, so we can think about. You can make up any story in your head about what Spock is doing right now, and it will be true because there's nothing to contradict it. Whereas you know Kirk. They finished Kirk's story, and you can like it or hate it, but it's done. It's canon. That's what it is. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't feel like they could have come up with something that is perfect enough for the end of that character. And they were kind of setting themselves up for failure, to be honest. What about, and I know it's not as great as Kirk, but to us, it it matters. What do you think about the death of another thing, the Enterprise D? Yeah. Y'all care about the ships? I don't get that. (laughs) I mean, I remember when Wrath of Khan, when I was tweeting Wrath of Khan, and everybody was like, the Enterprise! And like they were like sobbing in my mentions over the Enterprise. I'm like, I love the Enterprise too, guys, but, you know, it is, you know, a machine. And, you know, they're going to get another one pretty soon. Yeah, I mean... I'm not ever going to take that away from, like, people love the ships. Like, there are people out there that just have such love for these ships. I just don't have a tendency to place sentimental value upon them, so I barely notice when they get destroyed. I'm going to get hate so, mail Daniel, would you like to be alone? <laughs> no, no, I'm just curious. Like, you've never watched, like, the famous end scene of every 90s sitcom, right? Where they, they're, like, in the apartment, and they turn the light off, right? And the last episode the last scene and you're like oh this is sad this is the end yeah but i don't because care about attached. monica's apartment as a person or the cheers bar as a person yes you do no i do That's not, not when monica's I apartment exploded its warp core special. it was pretty so tragic me, so the ship is not as so special as the people 
Oh, of course, it's, nobody. I don't think is saying. It's I know, as, but I, 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 I think didn't even remember that the Enterprise D got destroyed. That's how little I cared about it. So that's my answer to your question. I guess. All right, all right, that's fair. And thanks for making me say it out loud, so now people can be angry with me. Thanks for that. No, 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 no. There's lots no. of other reasons people can be angry at you, Andy. I don't think you need to limit yourself. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just interesting to me because you know maybe it is just different level, not different levels, but different uh, types of fandoms. Uh, where, like someone like me, for instance, definitely cares a huge deal about the ships, only because, well, for a lot of reasons, but but I care about the D because we spent seven years there, so it feels like a home. It feels like a place. It feels like a a thing. It's like if you spend a long time at a job or you go to school for a while, and you know you work there, you you live there, you you are there for most of your time. And then it ends, and then you then go. Then the Klingons attack your job and blow <laughs> it's up. The it's the worst. I always hey, thought I'd get a shot at that Some people just busted out the windows of my office, and I spend every day in that place, and I still don't care. Did you find your photo <laughs> album? Photo album? What photo album? What are you talking about, Philip? Uh, you, or did <laughs> you know Picard had a photo album in the movie, and Troy went over it? Was, oh yeah! Was a, when they're when they're picking <laughs> yeah, through no, the no. end okay. of the movie. See, you keep asking me questions about what did I think about this? What did I think about that? Why don't I tell you about the things that stood out to me from this? Movie? I was actually just going to go there <laughs> oh. yes. because so please the photo album and the Enterprise D exploding were not those two things. Okay. Well, it really tied the story together. <laughs> I know. I mean, but, that's, you know. that's in the Netflix summary. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Andy. Okay. Uh, give us some of your first, important points. First thing, Captain Alan Ruck. Okay, Alan Ruck is one of my favorite actors of all time. In everything he is ever in, from Ferris Bueller to Speed to Spin City, it doesn't matter. If Alan Ruck is there, I just get this cheesy smile on my face. I get really excited. So when Alan Ruck came on, there was a lot of caps lock. And then I had to pause the movie, and I literally ran around my apartment just like, yes, Alan Rock is in a Star Trek movie. And I was super excited about that. And then I was really sad that they made him incompetent. So you're talking, of course, about uh, Captain John Harriman. Okay. No, it's Captain Alan Rock. (laughs) You're mistaken, Daniel. Watch that movie again. That's not some guy named John. That's Alan Rock. I know I, uh, I know you, you haven't know, seen Ferris Bueller, but that's his name. That's true. No, it's like John Harrison. That's we like kind his, of theorized that's that his front. <laughs> yeah. I got so many fun tweets um, when I freaked out about Alan Ruck, too. My favorite one was, it's like, Kirsch just going to keep calling me. He's just going to keep calling me. I'm going to have to go over there. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And I was just dying laughing at that. Um, so yay for Alan Ruck. And yay for making Daniel confused because he has not watched one of the greatest movies of all time. Apparently, by his own decision. It's a poor decision, Daniel. I think in the Nexus, Daniel will watch that movie. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel will walk into the Nexus and it'll be a big screen and it'll just be Ferris Bueller playing over and over and over and over again. I really don't think that would be my nexus vision, but uh, you know who knows? Who knows? What what else, Andy? What else did you stuck out to you? What is? What are some of the themes or uh, uh, characters or or any beats that that this movie hits? That yeah, you you're talk talking about? about themes. I'm just thinking about how over the top Malcolm McDowell was in his. <laughs> Is trench coat. Time is totally insurance. I cried laughing at that. And then he was like, What was it? Was, is it, I have a date with destiny and I don't want to be late? Is that, it's like, or turn it And he has a stopwatch. It's like a comic book villain. Oh my say. gosh. I, at one point, I, was, I tweeted that he needed a handlebar mustache and a damsel to put on the tracks. It was so amazing because it's Malcolm McDowell and he goes like so, like, hardcore with every scene is like dripping with drama it was so over the top that i just laughed every time he was on screen just in delight it was entertaining as hell and i just thought about this now is guinan food just every like elorian has that because he does that little move with the klingons (laughs) so (laughs) cat hands you know something that was brought up not too long ago when I was listening to something that I didn't really think about, but it's interesting. 
the three main action heroes of this film are 50 plus year old men. Uh, this is not, you know, this is not Die Hard in space. This is like, you know, these guys are older gentlemen. At and one like, point, uh, Picard gets the caught in those rocks like he's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, and so that was another thing of like, I mean, uh, well, Picard has his action moments in, in like Starship Mine and other times. But like, he's such a wuss. And I feel like it's like, well, we have Kirk. We don't want Picard outshining Kirk, so we'll make Picard like, oh, I can't fight. Oh, sword hit me. <laughs> and then Kirk's like, bam! Yeah, it's the least subtle, like, what's the difference between Kirk and Picard? You know, what is the difference between these characters? Now we can, ex- it's like, it's just like, yeah, of course, obviously, Kirk's the guy that punches people. Picard's not. So, but. Um, and Kirk is also the one that chops wood dramatically in front of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> when that came up, I was like, "What is it with Kirk and mountains?" Can Alan Ruck be sitting in the background, like just staring off because he's having a Man, meltdown the whole time? I wanted Alan Ruck to come back. If Alan Ruck had come back at the end of that movie, well, the part I'd where give he it like ten out of ten stars. The part where he flies the Enterprise B <laughs> right out of the garage. I thought. <laughs> ah, I love Alan Ruck so much. But you know, and. Andy, it brings up a good point. Uh, this this whole Malcolm McDowell slash Elorian discussion. Now, um, I know you're a big fan of Guinan. Uh, what do you think of her uh, movie appearance here? I think she was underutilized. They basically used her for one scene where she looked weird around candles. <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole time I was saying to myself, how long did it take her to light all of those candles? It must have taken her so long, so much time that she could have spent, you know, doing something. But instead, she had to light all of the candles so she could look um, serene. In the future, they're clapper candles and they go. <laughs> and they're just I had a couple of people tweet me and they're like, they're holograms that you can just turn off and then off again. I'm like, well, come a, on, when Guyton does candles, she does real candles. She's a bit of a mystery, but I know that much. She had a pivotal carousel scene, and I think you're forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so weird. That was the weirdest thing. When that that whole scene was happening, I basically just was like, question mark? I don't know what's happening. Oh, right. ooh, this is actually a really good question then, Andy. Uh, this scene, right? You're watching it. Your first time tracking it. Yep. Right? Where I'm, I am now painting F-T-T. the listeners a picture. Uh-huh. FTT. Uh, yep. And you're and you're like, wow. Now we're gonna go into Picard's his fantasy, his his perfect reality, right? And he and then these kids come up, and you're you're probably confused, I assume, and and you can correct me after if I'm wrong. It's fine. Uh, but I'm just trying. No, I'm just to, I'm to just this. leaning back and letting you tell me how I felt. Okay, go go okay. for it. Well, no, 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 no. I'm I'm assuming, and and again, <laughs> but my point is, I want to get to this to this conclusion. Were you expecting Crusher to turn around and be the one in his fantasy, uh, or was that did it never enter? It your was mind? basically Crusher. It just like, wasn't had, cru- yeah, not yeah. Crusher. Yeah, it was her stand-in, and they forgot to replace Gates. <laughs> and um... okay, I didn't expect to see anybody there because I didn't know what was happening. Okay, <laughs> this someone like, had blindfolded there's her. Christmas lights. There's lots of children. I don't really know what's happening. And then there was a woman. And then they were, like, eating dinner and stuff was happening. And I was just like, ah. But if I thought about it, then yes. I would expect Beverly to be there and not some random woman we have never seen before. Aha. But we have seen her before. And that's what makes it even better. She (laughs) plays an ensign in the episode The Loss, who has lost her husband... On the Enterprise, and Counselor Troy is counseling her, and that's when she loses oh, her I didn't ability. Know she was that actress. So we all have to wonder why Captain Picard is fantasizing about some random ensign <laughs> on the Enterprise D who lost her husband. I feel like the story tells itself. Well, I can tell you that um, Sue will never forgive this movie for this moment. To not have <laughs> Picard, uh, Picard and Beverly in the uh, the Nexus. Well, I was just very disappointed they couldn't find original Renee, and we had to get Renee. I don't know what's the opposite of original recipe. Um, <laughs> we had to get Crunch, Renee, Renee extra crispy. <laughs> extra crispy. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I I think the main problem with Picard's storyline in this whole movie is that I see what they were going for, but it felt forced because a lot of the stuff that they were bringing up for him was stuff I felt like was well canvassed in the show. So I would have liked to see character development past what we saw in the show. And I feel like they kind of regressed instead of progressed. And I actually feel that way about Data as well. I was going to say, tell us about the wonderful world of Data and emotions. But hang on, Worf got promoted. Well, that, that so happened. that's a thing. I mean, because that's not confusing at all. Like, you know, it's a Star Trek movie set in 1805, obviously. <laughs> but that that makes, I mean, I don't know, Andy, if you ever, you know, when you listen to EG100, now it makes sense how we started that episode. Yes, now it makes sense. Oh, okay. So I, I feel like we've kind of been a little harsh on Generations. So I'm going to actually say, what, what did you like about it, Andy? What, what were your favorite bits of Generations? I told you, Malcolm McDowell being weird. <laughs> is that the only, is that the only positive thing? Malcolm being weird and Alan Rock oh, being there Alan Rock, at yes. all. Those <laughs> are my two favorite parts. The, um, none of the TNG, basically. Oh, no, is... Wait, Generations? No, that's First Contact. Never mind. I mixed up. I mix them up Wait, all the time, too. To they wear short, different colored uniforms. The part uniforms. where uh, Data finds Spot, is that Generations? That's okay, Generations. That's generations. That After- yes. Jarrah actually got me a magnet of Data and Spot to commemorate how much I loved that scene. So Data um, leaks? Um, in, in that scene, d- did you happen to maybe sprout a little bit of a leak for Spot as well? That sounds so gross. <laughs> um, uh, and I'll quote, that was the highlight of the movie right there, sniffs after Spot. Yeah, well, okay, so when Spot appeared at all, I was like, forget Kirk. This is the cameo <laughs> that I'm most excited about. I was so excited to see Spot. And then Troy just being like, a family reunited, and I was like, Damn right. That's right. <laughs> and then I cried a little. I'm not going to say it like you said it because that was gross. Well, what about when, I mean, it's, I mean, what about when Troy crashed the ship? Basically ruining everybody's yeah, day. Like a woman. I feel like I'm yeah. bringing that up because you know how my, I'm going to react to that. So I feel like you're setting me up here, Daniel. I, I am. In fact, uh, we've talked about this before too. And, and, it's a funny ongoing joke, but I do think it's an, an unfair criticism because she just happens to jump in this sh- in the seat at the moment. And, and yeah, no, I don't no, I don't think to, anybody to really be fair. Blames. When Marina Sirtis was on Earl Grey, she said that planet came out of nowhere. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She did. <laughs> no, I mean, I would never have occurred to me to blame her and tell people who are tweeting me like, "Ha ha, Troy can't drive," and I'm like, "What?" First of all. <laughs> It's not a car. She's not driving it. And secondly, everything was exploding. Maybe cut her a little slack. Just a little, just a wee bit. It would never have occurred to me to blame her for that. And also, let's add this. That ship fell out of orbit and hit a planet and everybody lived. Like, even Spot, okay? She saved Spot. That's how I'm going to think of that. Not just everybody. And not just Spot. But the little teddy bear made it as well. See? I call so that totally good piloting, okay. not bad. No, what do you mean that teddy bear blew up in the warp core blast? No, they grabbed it. No, didn't they? it got dropped. Way, oh, I'm remembering it wrong. It I'm, for him, Philip. We could have let him think of that R.I.P. teddy bear somewhere out there having adventures. <laughs> that teddy, teddy bear bear's R.I.P. story never ending, but just staying perfectly in time. But you ruined it. Way to go. Uh, you know what? I felt like when, when the teddy bear looked up and was like, that was fun. And then- <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> um, what, about the, uh, what about the closing scene? How do you feel about that between Picard and Riker? You'll have to remind me. Was Alan Rock in it? <laughs> there, there are plenty of letters left in the alphabet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, okay, I don't think you should point. be excited that you're probably going to get another ship to crash. <laughs> that just seems well, like a weird Picard, thing to Picard is 0-2 in starships um, right now. <laughs> so. To be fair, he wasn't present during this one, so he just, uh, yeah. 
Captain's responsible for everything at the end. I feel guilty because true. apparently all of the moments that Daniel likes, I barely remember. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. No, it's okay. There was like, a lot um, going on. Uh, Jordy being held hostage and his visor being used against him for the 88th time. Lursa and Bator. We didn't talk about uh, it at all. Yeah, I miss them. And I'm sad. Well, they well they're died. dead, Andy. Their story was told. They're <laughs> dead. You're never hearing from Larissa and Bator again. And they're not just out there having <laughs> adventures. No, they are gone. Exploded. No, uh, you know, uh, when their ship exploded, I saw them sail off into the. <laughs> they're not like no, the no, Daleks. No, Emergency temporal displacement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I'm just trying to think of Daleks with boob windows and what that might look <laughs> that like. That would not because you know what they actually have look boobs, like. Daniel, they have. Uh, they could have Dalek boobs. Thank you very much. Who knows? I don't know. You definitely don't. Yeah, that's true. I really don't. Um, no, but to be honest, I I was a little bit sad when they died because I was like, who is going to play completely ineffective villains that are so easily overcome? For the TNG crew ever again. Ah, sad. I'm going to miss them and their boob windows. My only, my only problem with that scene is that Sela isn't actually on the background of that ship uh, when it gets exploded. But, you know, you can't have it all. So, um, All right. Uh, anything else sticking out to you? You don't, uh, the, the weird costume changes between the TNG Deep Space Nine uniforms didn't, you didn't have any, anything to say about that or, or anything else. Basically we, we've, we've covered Alan Ruck. We know you love that. <laughs> anything else that you love, hate, uh, or indifferent to about this movie? See, now I just want to say Alan Ruck again, just to troll you. <laughs> <laughs> Stop setting me up to troll you, Sorry. Daniel. Uh, no, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I had fun watching it. Um, it's only really when I'm thinking back on it that I start to go, but wait a second. Mm, did that really work as well? But when I was sitting there and watching it, I was having a good time, which is about all I ask for in my movies. Um, so I had a fun time watching it. I especially had a fun time tweeting it. Um, tweeting the TNG movies has been a blast. My followers have been on point, um... They're hilarious and wonderful and keep me laughing throughout the whole thing. So I had a fun time watching this movie. I only have one more left. I have Nemesis left. And I'm pretty sure that that movie is going to end with Data going off into the sunset. (laughs) Happy and androidy. And like with (laughs) with his feelings. I'm pretty excited for it, to be honest. I think Bird kills him. (laughs) Who? Burr? Oh. <laughs> uh, that would make that movie better if they put Aaron Burr in it. I haven't even seen you the movie. You wouldn't know. You can't just say that. I haven't you even seen the movie, and that. anything is improved with Aaron Burr. Come on. Tom Hardy plays Aaron Burr. I, sorry, spoiler. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. Aaron Burr and Alan Ruck. You put them in your movie, and it's automatically better. Well, okay. Let's. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Um Andy, thank you for coming on, and perhaps in the future, uh, you know, not to spoil anything for any of our listeners, <laughs> but there there are three movies left that you have or may have just recently watched that we could talk about sometime down the line. Uh, that would be fun. So basically, you haven't seen the end uh, of Andy here on Earl Grey, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see you further on down the line. But Andy, how can people get a hold of you? If they if they want to uh, elsewhere on the internet, well, uh, the easiest way is on my Twitter at First Time Trek. Uh, you can also catch my show Women at Warp, which is right here on the network. And Philip, they can find me on Twitter. That's NC Public Servant. That's NC for no cats. And Darren, how would they get a hold of you as well? Uh, they can find me on Twitter under username Doctor Sci-Fi. That's Doctor Tolian Sci-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just close this pocket watch. And they can also find me on Saturday Morning Trek as we talk about eh, going off into the sunset. No, that, we don't have an episode about that. But where my co-host Aaron Harvey and I talk about the animated series. Yes, there is one. Hey, I love the animated series. And anybody who wants to put down the animated series, you send them to me and I will put them right. Okay? Because there All is right. a canon oh. giant Spock just running around. And we have the animated series to thank for that. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. And people can get a hold of me uh, on Twitter as well, 
at one up Dan. That would be the number one, not the word. And you can send him, you know, angry messages for spoiling things for me. Previously on Trek.fm, women at warp. The only way that she can get through the trauma is remembering what her real story is, and that's getting this puppy home and taking care of it. <laughs> I wish that Captain Jeremy Nelson said, let's get this puppy home. <laughs> Melodic Treks. Do you know what lesson I got from this? What? Don't rely on technology to solve all of your problems. What does that mean? It means don't play on your iPad all the time. That's what my teacher told me. Your teacher's very smart. Saturday Morning Trek. Dorothy had a little bit of a fit with the uh, animators. They had said over and over again, there is no moon in the Vulcan sky. I think it was like the first episode that aired of the original series when they mentioned this. Because Uhura walks up to Spock and she's like, tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me that I would look good in your moon. And he's like, Vulcan has no moon. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Continuing mission. So why don't you give me a little bit of a thumbnail of what Starship Grissom is. First, it's a uh, Star Trek fan film. It's written by teachers and designed so teachers and educators can download it and use it in your classrooms. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trek.fm today. Uh, Okay, how do we close the show? Um, All right. Well, we're going to kill one of us off, but we'll come back later at the end of the uh, intro. (laughs) So which which one of us is going to die... Find out next week here on Earl Grey. Engage. Make it so. It it was fun. <laughs> Fire. Fire.